Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Squiggly Careers podcast, where every week we talk about a different topic to do with work and share some ideas for action that we hope will help you to navigate your squiggly career with more confidence, clarity and control than you might have started out with when you first listened to this episode. Hopefully we could do that for you by the end of the 30 minutes that we talk about today's topic. Before we let you know what that topic is, we wanted to share some news that we're really excited about, which is that the Squiggly Careers podcast has now reached 2 million downloads. Does that, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wait. Yeah, where was your week? Sorry, it's a delayed, <laughs> delayed reaction. Yeah. For context, everyone, we're recording this quite late at night and it's been a busy week, including a U-Coachu launch event, which was delayed by two months because of the pandemic. So we're a little bit tired. So if, Sarah's, if there are some long pauses tonight, it's because Sarah's brain's catching up with my mouth. <laughs> that is definitely true. But we did, uh, to sort of celebrate that moment, as exciting as 2 million downloads are, we have a value of useful. And so we wanted to turn it into something that could be useful for our listeners. And so we looked at the top 10 episodes since we started the podcast. And then we have curated all of the pod sheets for each of those episodes. So it's a PDF. It's got the list of the 10 episodes and 10 pod sheets, 10 practical pod sheets that you can use to help you to take action. And you can get the link to that in the notes for this show. And if you can't find the notes for this show, because you might be listening on a platform and you're scrolling around you can't find it just email us we are helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com in the links as well you'll also find out how you can be part of the squiggly careers community outside of just listening by signing up to Podmail and also joining pod plus our weekly live session where we bring everyone together and dive a bit deeper into the topic so today's topic is how to create not wait for challenge at work And we thought we'd start with why this feels important, why we should bother creating this challenge for ourselves. Like, gosh, squiggly careers are hard enough. Now you want me to create more challenge. I do think that. And I think that's a fair comment that we'll we'll come back to. (laughs) But what we do know is that when we work hard at something that stretches us and that feels difficult, it's really rewarding. It's where we find motivation and meaning. And it's good for us. And it is good for our brains. And though... The more you do read about this, you do realise it will also probably feel, at times at least, uncomfortable and hard too. And almost I think that's a clue that you're getting it right, because it's probably not challenging enough if it never feels a bit difficult or a bit tough at some moments when you're kind of thinking about what that challenge might look like for you. I guess it takes you to flow, doesn't it? Which we cover in the book, which is that you're in a state of flow, not when work is easy, but actually when work has some challenge and you're so enjoying and engaged in that challenge that you're not conscious of time. So actually for us to find our flow, to like be in the zone, it it has to be challenging for that to be possible. 
and I was reading a bit of brain science. I won't profess to be anything, <laughs> anything like an expert. But some of the research was saying that your brain really only changes. So, you know, we talk about neuroplasticity, that our brains all have the ability to continually learn and grow. It doesn't matter how old we are. But it only makes those changes when you really challenge it. And that's the kind of the really important part, that your brain needs to feel like it's learning something to have impact. So they describe it as cognitive tasks that feel difficult. So simply like playing a game that might take a bit of brain power almost might be fun and you might enjoy it or it might feel a bit difficult, but it's probably not quite doing that stretching your brain or kind of growing your brain. I almost imagine my brain getting bigger, which I do appreciate from a scientific perspective doesn't actually happen. Um, <laughs> but I like, I like to think that's what's happening, that we're intentionally giving ourselves the opportunity to explore new potential, to feel more meaning and motivated at work. So I guess what Sarah's talked about there is sort of why bother generally, but there is an additional build on this, which is sort of why bother now, which I think is quite interesting. I was reading an article that said that the pandemic, you know, we we talk about burnout, you know, you're doing so much work and you're not getting the chance to kind of rest and reset. But this article talked about the idea of bore out. And it said that because the pandemic, there's quite a lot of repetitive days in a pandemic and the way that people are working now is often feeling quite repetitive so back-to-back meetings a bit less stimulation maybe a bit less randomness like when you're in the office and sort of things would just happen but thankfully some people sort of are getting back to some of that in the office now but this idea of bore out has been seen and that they have started to spot links to when work is very samey and a bit boring without the stimulation that there could actually be links towards mental health so depression within a work context as well so what we're really looking for here is the challenge to bring back some of that stimulation some of that difference in our days that we can sort of counteract potentially the risk of bore out what do you think of the concept of bore out sarah well i don't like it much because it's not (laughs) it's not not very motivating is it but i think probably we can all recognize it at some point over the past couple of years or certainly in our careers and I also think contrasting to that I was reflecting when I was researching this and we were looking at the ideas for action what has stopped me from doing this in the past and probably it's been less bore out and it's been more about being so busy being busy you know just that delivering on day-to-day tasks that need to get done you know making the work happen that you've got to deliver in an average week Personally, I can recognise lots of times where it's felt really hard to find the space for that challenge, to think about that challenge, to find that challenge, to make that challenge happen. And I sometimes think you almost have to recognise that it does take capacity. Mm. And I think sometimes we feel like we haven't got that capacity because we're just like, I'm so head down at the moment. I feel like, I, you know, in the whole like, I've not come up for air for a while. And I can see also examples over the last two years where it's almost like gone from one extreme to the other, like, either incredibly busy or perhaps you're more in that kind of repetitive bore out that Helen described. But I don't think either of those states help us to find and create the challenge that we know is going to be really motivating in our careers. It's like there's a difference when I was when you were talking, I was thinking and you mentioned the word like hard working hard. And I was thinking, I think there might be a difference between working hard and creating challenge for yourself like working hard means I'm doing quite a lot and I'm Mm. fitting a lot into my days and but that doesn't mean that I'm consciously creating challenge I think this is you having a bit more ownership over what that challenge looks like and where it's coming from not just you know working hard at your day-to-day job which may have challenge in it but it's not you really taking ownership for that challenge 
And on that ownership point, there's often a, a trap that we see, which is where we make our development dependent on other people we look to our manager to give us that challenge so even if you've got to this sort of mindset of oh I would actually quite like to have more challenge in my job I don't just want to work hard at what I'm already doing I want some of that stretch in my work and then you get into this waiting mode where you're like and I'm just going to wait wait for my manager to give me that challenging opportunity or that challenging project that's going to help me with my growth but the problem when we are waiting is that we can also fall into stagnating we just sat there waiting for that gift to be given to us for our growth and then we start to get a bit bored we get a bit demotivated that's not great for our development so the more we can create rather than wait the more that we can take control of that situation and we've got a few coach yourself questions for you to think through where you might be right now in terms of challenge at work so the first one is on a scale of one to ten how challenging is your work at the moment? The second question is what does challenge at work look like for you? And the third question is what is a new challenge that you're excited by? And we put those coach yourself questions in the pod sheet that goes along with this episode as well. Again, that's in our show notes and on our website for you. And one of the trap that I think lots of our listeners might recognise is sometimes we get into that waiting mode and that might mean that nothing happens. I think the other thing that can sometimes happen is, you know, that conversation where your manager comes to you and says, I've got a brilliant development opportunity for you. And you're thinking, oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're already really busy and you're like, is this, does this just mean more work? And perhaps that person is actually creating challenge for you. But then my question is, well, is that the right challenge? Is that the challenge that you want to be taking? Is that the space that you want to be developing in? So that's the other risk. I think if we wait, either nothing will happen or the wrong things could come your way. And I think I've actually done that before. So as a manager thought, oh, I feel like this person might want a bit more challenge and have got the potential to explore some like new and interesting things. You know, I probably perhaps would have avoided saying that development opportunity sentence. But, you know, you actually say, oh, there's an opportunity to do something really interesting. And you're sort of assuming that is what that person wants to do. And it absolutely might not be. That might not be the direction they want their career to go in. That might not be building on the skills and the strengths that that person has got. So, you know, you want to be in control of this challenge rather than waiting for it or letting somebody else kind of tell you what your challenge should look like. So we've now got five ideas for action for you on how you can create challenge. So if you buy our logic of creating rather than waiting, what can then you go and do? What might this look like? And our idea for action one is about stretching your strengths in a new direction. With strengths, we know two things are true. The more you use your strengths, the stronger they get, which makes sense. And also, the more we use our strengths in different situations, they get even stronger again. So let's say you're a brilliant problem solver. Maybe you use those problem solving skills in your job already. Brilliant. And that's the more you frequently you use them, the stronger they will get. But where else could you use those problem solving skills? Maybe that's across your team. If you've got a collective problem where you could sort of volunteer your problem solving skills, is there anything else across your organisation? Is there anything in your industries or your communities or your networks or things that you volunteer for or that you're passionate about? When Helen and I were both thinking about our examples of this one, yeah, we both actually went outside of Amazing If and it's like we hadn't talked about our examples beforehand. 
but I was thinking about one of the things that I think I'm good at is which sounds like a bizarre thing to be good at, but I, I'm good at not being the expert in the room and leading and facilitating conversations where everybody else pretty much knows more than I do. And so one of the things that I do outside of Amazing If is coach a board all about workspace, affordable and accessible workspace. And that stretches my strength of not being an expert in the room and you know facilitating good quality conversations in a very different way to how I use that skill and that strength in Amazing If or perhaps working with some of our clients. And so I can see every time I have one of those meetings, it feels stretching. I can sort of feel that challenge because I maybe I always get a bit more nervous. It's always sort of on my mind that I want those meetings to go really well. And I'm so in it. So Helen talked about that idea of flow. I think I'm always very focused, and incredibly present because it is, it's, you know, sort of right at the edges probably of my capability and my challenge and probably each time it gets a bit more comfortable but I've been doing it for at least two or three years now and it still feels challenging and mine is a sort of similar context like Sarah said something I do outside of work so I'm a trustee for a charity called Working Families and one of my strengths is I'm a good catalyst so if there's an opportunity or an idea or something in sort of progress that's just got started I am really good at moving it forward fast and growing it very quickly so I can take an idea and I can be like let's test and learn and prototype and do something with it and often in the charity we will have meetings and I get to take some things that I'm not that familiar with you know some things that the charity is working on because it's not my day-to-day work but I can take that strength and I can use it to support them and for me that's with sort of different people on different projects different topics than I would do ordinarily but it really helps me to stretch that strength in a different way than I do in my day-to-day and I enjoy it because that's the thing about your strengths like it gives you energy when you use it so yes it is challenging and a bit hard but it also energizes me at the same time as I get better so it's it is a real sort of win-win for yourself I think when you start stretching your strengths. So the second idea for action is all about increasing your experiments. And we've talked about experiments before in an episode of the podcast because it is such an important part of learning at work. And I think that it's not one that I see as much as I would like to. Like, I don't see people talking about, oh, what experiments are we doing? I'm trying to put it more into my language. Like I was talking to someone in our team, the lovely Vivi that will be listening to this because Vivi creates the post sheets. I was talking to her today about um, running a few experiments with some things that we we're going to put out on Instagram to see what works. And I was talking about, oh, we should have a hypothesis because my assumption is that it will work better if, and let's just see whether that's true. And the idea with experiments is not for it always to be successful the idea with experiments is that you're doing it to actively learn and what that does is it gives you permission to do things that might fail and that can be challenging I mean just doing something that you might fail at is like challenge in itself as well as maybe pushing boundaries of what you're doing today I think experiments are a brilliant way for you to find challenge and I have done one very recently which I think could sort of bring to life the benefits of this but also the what makes it hard to do Part of Sarah and I's day job is running career development sessions and programs for organisations. And one of our clients is Vodafone. We've worked with them for a long time, doing lots of different programs for their people. And I decided that I would run an experiment to do a session differently. So it was all around career conversations and I sort of redesigned it. And it was the first time I had trialled it and I did it in a session and some things worked well and some things didn't. And that was fine because it was an experiment and it was for learning. But I say that was fine. I still thought, 
oh no, this isn't as good as it could be, because it probably won't be, because you're not trying to make it perfect, or you do what you were already doing, you're trying to do something different, and that inevitably means that some things will work and some things won't, so it does feel hard, and you sort of get used to that the more you do experiments, but what I learned personally, if you're trying to do something for the first time that you've never done before, is as well as just saying, it doesn't have to be brilliant, it doesn't have to be brilliant, as well as saying that to yourself, also signaling to other people that it's an experiment is really helpful because I find that that takes the pressure off like if you think they think it should be perfect then that suddenly creates quite a lot of pressure but if I'm signaling to Sarah for example oh Sarah just so that you know over the next week we're going to try out some new content on Instagram and it's mainly to see whether it works like we don't we don't quite know how it's going to go but that's why I'm doing it then Sarah suddenly knows oh okay that's why she's doing something different she's doing it to learn and therefore will be more supportive of that and potentially give me some useful feedback to support that as well rather than being like Helen what are you doing that's not the normal thing that you do what you've, you've gone rogue this isn't about going rogue this is about learning through experiments increasing your challenge by experiments yeah and I think one of the things that I've observed that I find hard about experiments so over the last year we've run something called our squiggly career advocates program and we always called that an experiment from day one we'd got a hypothesis about what we were trying to achieve and it definitely gave us that freedom and the permission to do something that did feel uncomfortable and challenging it was an uncomfortable timeline that we had to launch that program it felt challenging because we'd not done it before we weren't really sure if it was going to work and the thing even knowing all of that the thing I think I found really hard as we've started doing more and more experiments in Amazing If is because I'm naturally critical I can see all of the time all of the things that are sort of not working and that are not as good. I've got a sort of real even better if mindset and mentality, which is definitely useful, but can also get in your own way if you don't sort of remember that mantra of progress over perfection. And you've almost got to redefine what success looks like. You've got to be really clear. I think with experiments, what success looks like is learning lots and being really clear about what are you learning, like what would you then maybe do differently next time, what has failed and why. It's almost loads of those questions that unlock learning. If you're doing that really well, that is success. And it's sort of letting go of perhaps what success feels like elsewhere in your job. Well, and one of the other things that makes it challenging is the change of mindset, because your experiment mindset is different, I think, to your probably like your day to day mindset for some other things that you'll probably be working on. So that also adds a level of challenge, that sort of change of mindset. So I think you get challenged from all directions when you're experimenting. So it's a brilliant thing to do, but it can feel hard. And the other thing I would encourage people listening to think about is, can you experiment with someone else? And I think doing this by yourself in particular can feel quite hard. But if there's two of you on a team doing something or we've been experimenting with squiggly career stories and that's been myself and a brilliant lady called Candace who's been working on that together I feel like we've been like just a little team creating our own experiment and I think that would have felt really different if I'd been doing that by myself so also kind of who can you find to run these experiments with Hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So idea for action number three is about finding a challenger or challenges. So if you want to have more challenge generally in the work that you're doing, spending time with a group of people or individuals who make you feel uncomfortable, who ask you those hard questions, who maybe you know make you stop and just rethink or unlearn and relearn some of the things that you kind of thought were true will create challenge for you so I would be asking yourself a question now about how often do I spend time with someone where I feel like I'm really challenged maybe because I disagree with them maybe because they've just got such a different point of view to me maybe just because I'm really challenged because their experiences and their expertise are just so far away from my understanding and they spend time in a very different world to my world and so one of the things that I'm actually doing later this year is going to something called Do Lectures, which is like a two or three day event in Wales. And part of the reason that I have tried for three years to go to that event, and this year I feel like I finally might make it, is that I know people who've been before and I know sort of the intent of that event is really to bring together people who are, I think, natural, either like game changers you could call them, or challengers. People who challenge the status quo, who've maybe done things differently, who are, you know, have just got a really interesting point of view. And I find the idea of that event, because obviously on my mind, it doesn't, it's not until July and we're recording this um, in March, I find it quite nerve-wracking and quite scary, partly as an introvert, having to meet a lot of new people, always quite scary for me. But I also think the idea of, you know, people who probably will ask you hard questions, who might look at the work that you're doing and not automatically go, oh yeah, that sounds great, or what a brilliant thing to be doing. Because I think we are very fortunate in the work that we do is we have a lot of cheerleaders and champions. And I think you need those cheerleaders and champions, but I think just as importantly, you need those challenges. So perhaps just think about, you know, within your informal mentoring group, have you got a real challenger in there? When was the last time you had a conversation with someone you really disagreed with or who just made you think really differently? And if that's a bit of a gap you've got, start to look for those people. Where do they hang out? in your organization, in your team, maybe they're people, if I'm being really honest, I think previously these have been people that I would have avoided. <laughs> in Certainly in organizations, I would have been like, absolutely not. But 
then having spent time with some of those people in hindsight, I think it does challenge you and it does make you feel uncomfortable. And so maybe sort of leaning into that challenge rather than if you're like me, like avoiding it and leaning away from it and just see what happens, see what you notice, see what you learn. I think thinking about people that you've worked with previously that you have avoided actively is actually a really good way it's a really good because if you're just trying to name some names I mean you'll definitely get to some I names could, from I that. could very you'll quickly get yeah. some and then thinking from those people and who if I was choosing now to put them in the role of challenger of that however long your list is of people <laughs> who who would I choose to use first and it was a really good uh yeah that definitely gives me some practical thoughts about who I could go to you don't have to tell them that they were on the avoidant list to begin with so keep that to yourself the fourth idea for action is redesign your defaults so we all have default modes of working and ways of working and ways of learning so Maybe you always learn by listening to podcasts. Maybe you always learn on your own rather than doing it in groups of people. Maybe you always get up in the morning and the first thing that you do is spend an hour in your inbox. Like we all have these default because it feels quite comfortable and familiar for us. And often it's us operating on autopilot. And what we're trying to do by redesigning our defaults is shake ourselves up a bit, find a new challenge, do something that isn't us on autopilot and so it's quite useful to think about what is you on autopilot on an average day what do you do by default what do you do without even thinking like literally from the moment that you wake up which normally starts with me sometimes checking my emails in bed that's awful Um, like what's happened in the last six hours I've been asleep I know it should be longer but it's been a busy week (laughs) so and then obviously I don't need to do that but that's a bit of a default that's a bit of a habit and it's not necessarily a healthy one and then I have other habits like I'll have breakfast and I always check out this app called Feedly. That's the main way that I kind of scan through like the latest news around career development. That's how how geeky that I am. I'll send Sarah a few WhatsApps at about 6.30. This is all like, this is literally by about seven o'clock stuff that I do on default. So it is useful to start with, what do I do by default? An average working day, what do I essentially do without even thinking about it first? And then it's thinking about how could you redesign some of those things? So it could be your ways of working, what you're working on, who you work with, how you learn, all those sorts of things could be part of your defaults. And so a very specific one of mine, one of my defaults, I think we've talked about on the podcast, is about how I respond when work needs to get done. So I have a default response when like work needs to get done, particularly if it needs to get done fast. My default response to that is always, I'll do it, I'll do it. I'll do it. Whenever there's any like, oh, I've got quite a lot on or I'm not sure I could fit it in, I'll be like, don't worry, I'll do it. I just say that all the time. Yeah, you really do. I was really, and it really, now I'm aware of it, I'm like, oh, it's going to really irritate me when I think about how many times in a day do I say I'll do it. And it's not, it's not really a helpful default for all kinds of reasons that you can probably imagine. I get overworked. I don't help other people to take ownership. Loads of reasons. It's not helpful, but it's a default. But what I could do is redesign that default. And when I say what I could do, I am trying to do this. I'm actually trying to, I'm challenging myself to do this, everyone. Is instead of my default, I'll do it response, I'm trying to say things like okay well how could we do it differently or how could we make it work together well what help do you need to move it forward rather than just go I'll do it so I'm trying to have a few more default responses than just I'll do it but that is a challenge for me because you're effectively going from being 
consciously incompetent is where I am now because I'm like oh no I know I say that to sort of really trying to become ultimately unconsciously competent trying to make this shift of where I'm doing something different without even thinking about it and making that shift is a challenge but that's where we grow and that's one of the things that you can create for yourself Sarah have you got any defaults that you'd like to redesign no I'm perfect in every way (laughs) Um, just like Mary Poppins would you like some feedback is that one of your I'm going to ask for some feedback no so I was thinking about this very specifically and I think one of my defaults and we're talking about redesigning defaults is some of the things that I don't do so very specifically I don't do any kind of content for our business that essentially is short and quick turnarounds that maybe needs to get done. Yeah, there's a time pressure related to it. So, you know, if it's like, oh, we just need... Um, Quick you know, post-Mother's some... Day, Sarah. Fact. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, so my reaction is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which Every... some might say is fixed mindset. <laughs> some, might, some might say that. <laughs> However, if he said to me in a year's time, I'd be like, <laughs> be like, yeah, by that point, I'll have done something. But I think my... My default is because I'm a thinker slash sometimes overthinker and because I like to have time to reflect. I know I'm not at my best when I do things quickly and under pressure. So therefore, my default is basically to not do things. And there are times where that's not helpful and that's not practical. And also, I'm not challenging myself to... It's definitely not stretching a strength. I think sometimes these things, you get challenged from different places. This would be almost like being more of a beginner you know almost like getting the challenge from being a beginner from something that you know you either don't do well or you do very infrequently and the having like it's a bit of a have a go mindset like what are you going to if you were going to redesign my default it'd be like how could Sarah have a go at some of that quick turnaround content that matters and and is important and is part of what we do and at the moment, that is uh, that 100% relies on you, essentially, to, to make those things happen, or it just doesn't happen. And so I think, and we were even talking about this before the podcast, slash having an argument about it. Uh, <laughs> debate. <laughs> debate, sorry. Sorry, yeah, debate. Constructive, what is it? Constructive conversation we were having. And you were like, I'm going to set you a challenge. And I was like, oh, God, do you have to? <laughs> she nearly swore at me, everyone. She listened. Like, she was like, just let's just record this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I do think the only way I would ever challenge myself and change my behavior is to do that is to set a week to set a very specific task and go right you're going to do it every day at this time and it's going to work in this way and it's almost like it's a non-negotiable I think I would have to make it a non-negotiable and almost the first thing I did in my day so Helen says she's going to come up with some sort of task that I have to do for a week or something. So. I don't know if I am. I'd like you to come up with that task because oh. I'm not going to do it, remember? Oh, How yeah, can we do oh, it no. differently? We're going uh-huh. to get... And also, I'm meant to be creating my own challenges, aren't I? So we're going to get yeah. stuck in a weird loop of me not I really wanting to, but knowing I should. Proud. I hope our listeners are proud of me for, like, not taking that on. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll have to tell me what's what's useful for social and I will create my own challenge and have, and have a go at doing it. Okay. Or maybe I could do, like, um... You know when they get like cool people to do Instagram takeovers? Maybe I could do a takeover of our own account. Sarah's takeover. I love that idea. Let's do. See, I'm, I'm good at ideas. You see, that's yeah. a bit I'm good at. <laughs> I like the Sarah takeover. So maybe that's what we day, should do. 
Maybe a day. You're like, gosh, Maybe. you should never do a week. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact you went straight to not for a week, though. Absolutely well, I was thinking, not. Maybe like an Instagram <laughs> post and a story and something on LinkedIn. And then you could experiment with some different things in a day. <laughs> you won't even let me do it for more than... Okay, okay so I'll do, I will do a Sarah's social takeover for one day. There you go. I've created my own challenge oh, and committed yes! to it out loud. <laughs> yes, and I, will, and I didn't take it on. And I will let you know win. soon what, what day that might be. Okay, brilliant. 2023, <laughs> and, uh, everyone actually thought about it. September the 1st. Um, <laughs> so idea for number five. And it sort of links actually to where we got to there with that Instagram challenge <laughs> is go after about a 30 day goal. So try and think of something, set yourself a target of something that is difficult and doable in the next 30 days. So to be honest, it feels both difficult and doable for me to do a Sarah Instagram social takeover. Like I, <laughs> That will not be some of you might be like, how can she not just do that? But I definitely couldn't. It already worries me just thinking about it. Or perhaps there's like a project that you've wanted to like just get started or get underway. And I think by setting yourself that sort of 30 day goal, make it really visible so that you can see it every day, almost like kind of mark the moment of being like, right, this is the thing that I think would create challenge for me and that I know I could do essentially in the next month. And then what you can start to do is think, okay, so what are all the actions that get me closer to that challenge how do I start to make progress and by seeing it every day by making it really visible by being very specific you just keep reminding yourself to essentially create that challenge to make some progress and to prioritize it so back to that point I said about you know sometimes I was just so busy being busy I think once you've got a clear target in mind somehow it feels easier to create the space or to think I'm going to start my day doing that thing because that's me getting one step closer to that challenge, that website I want to build for the first time. I don't know, the fitness challenge you might have in mind. So just have something like that and keep it really short and specific. I think something within a 30-day window that you know would create a challenge for you that you've chosen, that you've taken ownership for, keep it somewhere you can see it. And then just sort of keep coming back to it and kind of keep going through it. And I think often the more progress and momentum you get, the more optimistic you feel mm. and, th- and therefore you keep going. Again, if you wanted to do this with someone, I suspect this would work even better. So if you know someone else who listens to the podcast or someone else in your organisation where maybe you've both got a 30-day goal, where you can sort of swap your goals, like swap and share them and then almost hold each other to account a little bit. Mm. I think an accountability partner on any of these things you want to create your own challenges, but then exactly as Helen and I have just done, Helen can sort of hold me to account to that challenge a bit. You know, she's she's heard me articulate that. She's heard me sort of go through that thinking process of creating it. And then she can give me that nudge. She can give me that support. She can celebrate when I'm absolutely incredible on Instagram and everyone just wonders why I've not done it before. And so, don't forget yeah. that it's an experiment, so it doesn't have to be absolutely amazing. It's more about learning, just to, just, just to bring that point back in. Well, you, you're just managing everyone's expectations who follows us on Instagram. I'm trying to take the perfectionism away. But no, just listening to you actually talk that through, it makes me think about the previous one, redesigning your defaults, and that whole, my default start of the day is quite phone-heavy, like checking my email very early in the morning, going on Feedly, that's one. And I think redesigning, like for 30 days, thinking about could I redesign the way that I start my day um, if I didn't pick up my phone for the first 60 minutes, what could I do differently that feels like oh imagine if I over a month I redesigned that first hour of the day that actually feels difficult but doable to me I, I, don't, I don't think if you said don't look at your phone until 
you know, 4 p.m. I'd be like, that's never going to happen. But for the first hour, I think it, I just had to check, break a habit, redesign my defaults. So um, maybe I'll, that's probably as challenging for me as a day of you doing Instagram and social media. Service. I'd absolutely love for you to have a day without your phone. I'd find it so funny. <laughs> if i do that i'm gonna if i do that i'm gonna set you a really hard challenge in return but that's just causing each other pain why would we do that to each other i don't know because it's that's late just, probably it's late away, I mean. <laughs> um just on that as well just on the goal it just made me think about a ted talk that i re-watched recently which is it's slightly different but it's about how you can learn something new over 30 days so it is more about learning and it is more about like every day kind of moving something towards a goal that you're trying to get to but it's a really short ted talk it's like four minutes long i was like wow yeah it's really short and it's really good and there's there's the speaker who i've name i've forgotten but we'll put this as one of the links on the pod sheet for you talks about matt matt cuts yes it's matt and he talks about is how he wrote a book in a month and he said it wasn't a very good book but he basically divided up like a sixty thousand word count into how much he needed to do every day which is what two thousand words and then like as long as he wrote two thousand words a day he'd written the sixty thousand word book like obviously he needed editing and I don't think anyone published it but still he said yeah, yeah. for the rest of his life he could call himself an author and um, so let's just summarize those five ideas for action to help you create challenge so number one stretch your strengths number two increase your experiments number three find a challenge or a challenger number four redesign your defaults and number five go after a goal do you want to talk about what we're going to do on the podcast next week, Helen? <laughs> yes, I do. Because I can't wait. Like, I can't if, you think, wait. if you think this week has been bad, wait until next week. <laughs> so I can't wait for next week for two reasons. Next week, we're talking about manifestation. Number one... I've got quite into it. I'm like, I'm really like collecting images from my vision boards. I've written statements down in my in my phone. Oh. So you can't see Sarah, but she's looking in pain, which is the second reason why I'm looking forward to talking about this. Because I think it's not manifesting is not Sarah's. Uh, it's not an immediate thing she'd rush into. But I'm obviously we're I'm going to be really about great it. mindset about it, though. Of course, and actually, the podcast is not. We think manifestation is brilliant. We should all do it. The podcast we are going to record. It's let's get really practical about manifestation. And even if you don't buy into the full thing, what bits of the manifesting process could work for you? And so I've got a a manifesting equation that we're going to work through, Sarah, and we're going to, you know, you can be the practical cynic and I will be the optimistic enthusiast. I I read a Guardian article about it, which is a very good article. And I nearly I wanted to WhatsApp you and say, let's not do it. So the fact that we're still doing it is um, a the your influence and persuasion, and also I felt like you've gone quite far because you keep yeah, sending me these pictures, <laughs> and I was just like, "What are all these pictures?" She's like, "I'm doing the manif- manifestation thing." I'm like, "Right, okay," and I was I was just reading it, just going, "Okay, I'm even more skeptical than I was before I'd done any research." I'm now going to read a book. It's bringing me. I've already manifested happiness. Like, this right. Is yeah, I'm Sarah's really like, I'm, I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm also reading a book now called Toxic Positivity, which I'm absolutely loving. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Why Why are we friends, everybody? <laughs> Somewhere we meet in the middle with my over-enthusiasm and Sarah's cynicism just makes us a, a pretty normal person. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Between us, we eventually net out as someone vaguely normal. <laughs> hopefully that comes across in some way shape or form in this podcast but more than anything we hope that this has been useful we hope that you've got some ideas for action that you want to try out that you want to download that pod sheet and learn a bit further share it with other people to help them that's what this podcast is all about so thank you all so much for listening as always we really appreciate all of your ratings reviews subscribing and sharing with other people we'll be back next week to talk about manifestations Woo! bye for now <laughs> bye for now
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.